Welcome to the Fantasy Football Predictive Analytics with Reese Tiefertiller. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Fantasy Football Predictive Analytics with Reese Tiefertiller, Dad Jeff, joined by Jeff Hasley. Jeff, how are you doing this evening? I am good. We are in week one mode. And I'm excited for football. I'm excited for everything to hopefully get back to normal, if we want to call it that, in terms of the football season. But, uh, you know, I'm just looking forward to Thursday night's game, uh, starting off with the, the uh, Texans and the Chiefs in, in a playoff rematch. So, um, yeah, let's get to it. Yep. And so Jeff and I have gone back. We go back years, long years at Football Guys. Good relationship with Reese. It's very comfortable. And you'll see Reese look in his little book. It's really a fat book. And since I had to edit it, it, it becomes fatter and fatter. And uh, looking for stats. As we look at, we're just going to cover matchups. But there's 16 of them, and we'll rock through them. Houston at KC, Jeff. Is there, you know, KC's a big home favorite. A lot's going on. What are your initial thoughts about this game? Hmm. My initial thoughts are that uh, KC should win handedly, but we're not really quite sure what to expect as far as the home team, the home crowd, the whole 2020 process. Um, there's no preseason for these teams. Are, gonna, are they even the, the top teams, right? The teams that have had no changes with coaches or quarterbacks, are even those teams going to have some um, uh, growing pains here with week one? And so in that regard, I'm a, I'm a little bit leery, but uh, this is the highest game total for the entire week. It, it, uh, I think it's 50, 54 points Yes. Um, combined between the two. So uh, Vegas is expecting a lot of points in this. I'm not so sure, to be honest with you, just because, you know, what if we, uh, what if we see teams, especially offenses, struggle a little bit in the first game? I mean, we haven't seen anything yet, so... I'm I'm a little bit leery about the total here. How about you? I think, and, and this is fancy or the total, I think as a rule, we'll see most of the games go under the Vegas total this week. No uh-huh. preseason, very limited training camp, no hitting, lots of turnovers, lots of sacks. I see a lower scoring game. And then I see news out. We're recording this on Tuesday evening. See the news out that Brandon Cooks missed today's practice makes me think, uh-oh, you know, so Houston yeah. has a new running back. They trade away Hopkins. Now the the wide receiver they depend on most. Oh, man. Yeah, and and uh, Jeff, I, I caught the news that Travis Kelsey had a hyperextended knee. I'm not sure how severe that is, but that sounds kind of, uh, you know, concerning a little bit. Has anything come up from that yet, or is that just a precaution? He's practiced. He practiced today. He was fine. He was good. Okay. So that must've been just a precaution. I, I saw it earlier in the morning and didn't really see much um, afterthought. Well, as my dad mentioned about the huge, as Casey is big favorites, they are in fact the largest kickoff game favorites ever, according to Yahoo sports, <laughs> but also see both teams in this game, Last season, averaged over twenty, allowed over twenty-eight po- PPR points, fantasy points to running backs last season. That's for the whole season, or just the kickoff game? Whole season. So you're saying that Houston gave up twenty-eight PPR points to opposing running backs, and so did KC. Yes. What would that incline you to be to think on fantasy? Both those, especially Clyde Edwards-Helaire, both both DJ and Ceh are definite starts, but especially CEH with the minus nine spread, if you're up that much, you're probably going to want to run the ball more, even if it is Andy Reid and Mahomes. Yeah, but it also makes me think Duke Williams and Dar- uh, Duke Johnson and Daryl Williams may be sneaky starts for teams struggling. What are you thinking, Jeff? Well, it sounds like you're, you're uh, suggesting that there's going to be a high points total, and, and both Jeff and I think that that number is probably going to be lower than what Vegas has. And we said the total was 54. You know, we're thinking probably around 50, 49-ish or so points or anything lower than 54. 
Um, that's an interesting stat, though, about the running backs. And, and I mean, you're not going to not start these backs. So um, it, it just seems like it's a pretty good matchup for both. Well, they could each get 28 PPR points and the total go under. Correct. Just from passes out of the backfield. Right. But that's right. uh, but you, you, to your point, you don't get 28 fancy points by without touchdown very frequently. <laughs> and so anyway. It's a it's an interesting game for me. Just I really think KC we get to see how they're going to use Ceh, and that's what I'm most excited about in this game. You know, Houston Bill O'Brien with David Johnson. I have a pretty good feel because he had uh, uh, Carlos Hyde last year, but you know, with no uh, if Brandon Cooks can't go, I'm I'm super interested to see how KC's running backs, the rotation, all that stuff. Seattle at Atlanta. Seattle road favorite, which is pretty interesting to me because Atlanta's decent team. It's a lot of a lot of uh, push on Seattle. Long trip, begin the season. I'm interested to see how healthy uh, Carson is. What are you thinking, Jeff, on this? Well, the line is 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 uh, what'd you say? One, one and a half. One to two. Uh, okay. Seattle at Atlanta. So, so that sounds like it's a game that is going to be fairly close, and that seems to be the case with Russell Wilson games. Didn't we see him have X amount of games last year that were within three points or something like that, if I recall? Yes. And he always seems to find a way to win, and you know that's why Seattle had as many wins as they did last year. Um, so I, I see I see a close game here. And I, I mean, how can you go against Russell Wilson uh, in, in terms of being able to pull it out? It's like certain quarterbacks just have that ability to do that. Aaron Rodgers can do it. Russell Wilson can do it. Uh, Tom Brady can do it. Just pulling games out at the end. If it's close near the end, he finds a way to win. And I kind of see that happening here with Seattle. So we see Todd Gurley for the first time as a Falcon. We, you know, all the debates on how much, how many carries he's going to get, how many touches. We see Hayden Hurst filling in for Austin Hooper. We see uh, Julio and in Ridley healthy. It's interesting. This is plus. You know, I mentioned Hayden Hurst on one side. We also see a healthy Will Disley as well as Greg Olson. Greg Olson from your neck of the woods coming out to uh, Seattle. Seattle used the tight end well last year. I mean, the Seattle tight ends. Whoever was starting was a low end fancy one. Reese, you have any thoughts on this? Dan Quinn is playing against his old team as he was the defense coordinator when Legion of Bloom was in full swing. But the last time these two teams played last season, Matt Ryan was injured and Schaub uh, made it a seven-point game after the Seahawks took a 24-0 lead. And Hurst, with his new team, gets an easy start as the Seahawks allowed the second-most PPR fantasy points per game two tight ends last season. Was number one Arizona? Yes. <laughs> that was easy. So, Jeff, I will say that two teams that have bad defenses. I think Seattle, we overrate because of historic uh, success, but I'm, I'm questioning Seattle's defense. Yeah, plus, well, they also got Jamal Adams, so he'll be a helpful uh, contributor. And uh, you have to look at both of these teams. They both have a returning quarterback. They both have a returning coaching staff. Uh, so this should be a pretty evenly matched game and it's going to come down to the end, I think, down to the wire in terms of, uh, who can put it in the end zone or who can put the ball through the, uh, the uprights when you need to. And the last team to score might be the, um, the one who comes away. So, um, yeah, my, my lean is Seattle with the Russell Wilson factor. Yes, he is underrated. So another, another game that I think is super interesting just because it's divisional is Cleveland at Baltimore. Baltimore's touchdown plus favorite. So we have Cleveland. Stefanski comes in. This is the day that, Carlo, uh, that Kareem Hunt gets his new deal, two-year contract. Mm-hmm. Stefanski, how's he going to use the running backs? And is Baltimore going to be as efficient as they were last year? I mean, Baltimore was – Super efficient. What are your thoughts on this, Jeff? Well, as long as it's not a playoff game, the Ravens are probably <laughs> one of the best teams in the league. 
<laughs> no, but I'm, I'm excited to see, as far as the Ravens are concerned, how well they play offensively, how well they play defensively. If they're a strong defense like we expect, uh, maybe the offense doesn't have to do as much, especially against a team like Cleveland. So this seems like it's a high running game for Baltimore. And, of course, they led the league in rushing, um, not just with uh, um, Lamar Jackson, but also with Mark Ingram and now J.K. Dobbins. How much is Dobbins going to get? Even if he gets like eight, nine touches, what can he do with those touches? Uh, I'm interested to see that. So this, the snap counts, the snap percentages um, on both sides. You've got Chubb and you've got Hunt, as you mentioned, and also Ingram and Dobbins. How much Dobbins are we going to see? What about Marquise Brown? What's he going to do? Um, there's, there's a lot of fantasy-specific uh, impact players here in this game that I'm interested in seeing. Uh, throw Jarvis Landry in there too, Odell Beckham. So, I mean, there's players in this game and uh, it's, let's see, I'm showing 48 and a half points uh, in terms of uh, Vegas total. That's, that's fairly high. A lot of that, of course, coming from Baltimore. Yeah. But I think that either if Baltimore covers that, it won't hit 48. You know what I mean? Cause I don't think Baltimore is going to hit all 48 by themselves <laughs> and so, well, maybe not. Fillmore Jackson, uh, fancy managers would be happy. What are you thinking, Reese? For you mentioned the Cleveland wide receivers, but remember last year, Humphrey and OBJ got into it a little bit in a scuffle. Plus, Peters versus Landry is not a necessarily good fantasy matchup for him. And even if they put him in the slot, he has to go up against Jimmy Smith. But on the Nick Chubb side, last time he played a game in Baltimore. He burst off for 165 rushing yards and three touchdowns. A little bit of history. Yes. We appreciate you bringing the strong, the strength there, son. Yeah, and, that's uh, good stuff, Reese. But, that's that's uh, that's strong. I'm. Are you are you reading from that, or is that in your head? Uh, I looked it up a little bit. But <laughs> I remember he went off for a lot because I was playing against him. Uh-huh. And he had Chubb, so I remembered it from there. So I just uh, went to see the exact numbers. Gotcha. Well, it's it's definitely uh, appreciated here during this talk. The other thought I had is if it's if Baltimore is really going to control the game, which we think may happen, it may be more of a hunt game than a chub game. Yes, because the reason uh, last time that Chubb did so well is that was the last loss Baltimore had before the Titans snuck up on them. Gotcha. Now that was in his head. (laughs) All right. Moving on to the Jets at Buffalo. So this is one of those that are the Jets as bad as the beating they take, right? You know, is Le'Veon Bell going to get the ball? Is Perriman really hurt that badly? You know, and then you flip it with Buffalo. Is Josh Allen going to redeem himself after that playoff debacle in Houston? Is Zach Moss going to see the ball, or is it going to be Singletary? Yeah, I mean, like, there's a lot of narratives in here. What are you thinking, Jeff, as Buffalo's touchdown favorite at home with a low total? And I think that low total speaks for both offenses. I think that low total is even high. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, that total also, like like uh, Reese was saying, might be a little high. I'm I'm showing 39 and a half as far as yeah. the total. And uh, this game could either be you know like a 20 to 10 game or a 20 to 17 game with a, uh, a backdoor touchdown by the Jets, um, you know, to, uh, to cover. I can see this going down to the end, too, in terms of the line. Um, but in my opinion, I think this is Buffalo's game. Uh, defensively, I think they're, they're just more superior than the Jets. Offensively, they'll get it done enough to win. Uh, I see a low-scoring game with Buffalo winning. The question is, can they help hold off any kind of Jets uh, backdoor cover at the end of the game? And it'd be great to see Chris Herndon healthy, Zach Moss, the rookie, see how he's integrated. Is it really going to be him? So the loss of preseason has really uh, clouded how we see this, these, these games. Because, you know, we would before we'd be, well, in preseason game ones, two and three, here's the snap for carry distribution. Reese, what do you think on this besides you think it's low scoring game? Uh, we get lucky now. We get so lucky we get to see Gase mess up in a, a whole fancy team again this season. <laughs> but I think both quarterbacks are on a decently short leash this year, especially Darnold, as the Jets may end up tanking sooner than we would expect for Darnold's replacement. And Allen just 
not being very accurate. But Austin McDermott gets to show off his shiny new toy named Diggs against a very bad Jets secondary whose only decent starters is Marcus May, uh, safety. Yeah, plus on that note, I think – all right, Jeff, you, you're kind of a Bills fan, aren't you? Oh, yeah, grew up a Bills fan. So the, I still have an allegiance to the Bills, yes. That's what I thought. But here's, what, here's my view of the Bills. McDermott doesn't get enough credit for how good he's had that defense. And Josh Allen gets too much credit because that offense is put into some sweet situations because of that defense. Oh, no, I, I agree with that. And that's just the Buffalo way, it seems. Uh, you win with defense and, and barely score enough to cover. <laughs> or, or at least attempt to cover. Um, but as far as the, the, the fantasy spin here, I'm really interested to see what Devin Singletary does in terms of, again, snap counts and percentage of snaps. Uh, versus Zach Moss. How much of Moss are we going to see? Are we going to see uh, half and half between him and Singletary? If that's the case, then that's, that bodes really well for Moss moving forward in the year. If not, then perhaps we see Moss kind of brought along slowly uh, in the Buffalo offense as, uh, as the team continues to play games. So I'm, I'm excited to see what happens there. And as you mentioned earlier, uh, Stefan Diggs, how much is he going to be involved? Yeah, especially you talk about a bruising back in a game they're supposed to be ahead most of the game. This, If there was ever a time, hey, we should get the rookie involved, it's one of these games, right? Yeah, preferably if they have like a, you know, a 24 to 7 lead or something like that. Uh, even 17 to 3, 17 7, something like that, which is kind of what I see in this game. Uh, maybe not that many points, but uh, 24 points, that might be a little high for Buffalo, but. Um, yeah, I mean, we could see it. We could definitely see it. A second half splurge for Moss and see what he does on a couple touches. Um, but we don't know. And that's what the, the joy is of week one. We get to find out. We get more clarity. It's Christmas. We're opening presents. And, uh, <laughs> you know, the other piece to that is, is Gase really seriously going to play Gore over uh, – this is the Frank Gore revenge game. No, I'm joking. Is, uh, the, is he going to play Gore over Bell? You know what I mean? Like, it's that kind of junk. All right, so Las Vegas, I have to watch so I don't call them Oakland. The Raiders are favored on the road, which surprises me. Across the country. At Carolina, favored by a field goal, 47-ish total. We, on an earlier podcast, Jeff, you were with us. We talked about Teddy, how much we like the, the Panthers offense. I think the Raiders' defense is a nice little uh, start. Yeah, cushion to get them started. How are yeah. you looking at this game? Well, I mean, is there a, a different – another team in the league that has a, a wider range of um, a, a, an offense being um, able to put up points and a defense just not being able to stop anybody? I think we might see that with Carolina this year, and that's great for fantasy purposes on offense. Um, as far as them winning games, I, they'll be lucky to win five games, in my opinion. And, you know, here they have a new quarterback, a new offensive coordinator, a new defensive coordinator, a new head coach. You know, they have it all. So there's all, and especially in a, in a year like this year where, you know, preseason, limited practices, they don't have an opportunity to really gel. I mean, we've heard reports already saying that uh, Matt Rule's not really pleased with his team and they're, um, uh, attempt at, at, at having a, a play-in game, so to speak, you know, to be prepared for the season. And, uh, you know, what's that going to say? Uh, so I think, I think things could be ugly in Carolina. And if it's not, then uh, that's a good thing. As a, as a Panthers fan, I'm expecting the worst and hoping for the best. Yeah. And Carr, this is a, this is a good lead-in game for him after he's been so uh, uh, undermined this off season, you know, but getting Jason Witten added to the offense, the two rookie receivers added to the offense, I'm, I'm expecting bigger things. Reese, you have any thoughts on this game? Jacobs gets the best uh, – gets to play against the team that allowed the most PPR rushing uh, points to running backs last year. So I think he should be very, very excited about his week one matchup. But also, as you guys said, he gets uh, – the Panthers get start off with a little cushion against the Raiders – so, Teddy could be a good streaming option this week for quarterbacks. 
and DJ Moore could put up bigger games than a bigger game than people expect going up, up against an untested rookie in Arnett as the Raiders cornerback uh, one. Yeah, I just think both defenses are bad. Jeff, I had a thought. How how high scoring do we expect Carolina Atlanta to be? Because both defense stink, you know. And uh, I imagine pretty high. You know, upper forties, lower fifties. Um, if not lower fifties, is a floor. Uh, we'll have to see. We'll see how well their offense gels uh, with the, the new regime. I mean, the players are relatively the same, but the new regime, you still got to learn the, the playbook and, and uh, execute. So um, you made, you made a, a good point about um, uh, Josh Jacobs. That's a, he's a really good start this week. Uh, obviously, we don't really know what to expect against uh, Carolina, but we, we have an idea that it's going to be pretty high, high scoring in terms of uh, being able to move the ball and, and get some points on him, I think. So that's that's good news for Josh Jacobs and Derek Carr. Throw everybody in there. Darren Waller. Interested interested to see what Brian Edwards can do. Uh, if you recall, you know, he played his college ball at South Carolina, and so he's kind of coming home in a sense. I'm sure there'll be people in the stand. Oh, no, there won't. There'll be people who will be um, watching him uh, and, and making sure that, uh, you know, he, he does well in front of his hometown crowd, even though it's not really a crowd but they will be cheering him on. So, uh, yeah, I like this game actually to go over the 47 mark. So I think it's going to be a little bit higher, you know, like a 28-24 um, type of game. Unless one of the game the teams just lays an egg offensively. Reese, right. what are you thinking? Well, for Jake, Jacobs doesn't get his due as pass catcher, but I also disagree with Gruden's assessment. Oh, he could catch 60 balls. But – even if it turns into a run-heavy game, that's even better for Jacobs. Plus, that 30 points per game the Panthers allowed last season was with Luke Keekley, who is now gone. And with – oh, wait, never mind. He already left. <laughs> I was thinking Thomas Davis. Yeah. And so – but on that, I don't think Jacobs catch 60 balls from the jugs machine, but that's a different story. I think Jalen Richard's their pass catcher. All right, moving to another divisional game. Chicago at Detroit. Oddly, Detroit's a field goal favorite at home. Don't ask me what home field advantage means on two teams closely um, geographically uh, located. Mitch Trubisky, healthy Matthew Stafford. Adrian Peterson going to carry the rock because on Johnson's not healthy. I'm kind of interested in this. I actually think Detroit will win this game. What do you think of Jeff? Yeah, I have to lean towards Detroit. Um, I think they have more weapons, and I think they have greater talent. When you talk about Matthew Stafford and uh, Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, you throw TJ Hawkinson in there. I mean, that's a that's an excellent group of receivers, and we know that Detroit likes to pass. I'm expecting like a 60 to 40 uh, ratio of pass to run uh, in Detroit this year, which is a little bit uh, less than last year, but still, I mean, that's that's pretty high considering – NFL standards. Um, so, yeah, I like Detroit here. I think Chicago is still trying to figure out what, uh, what their identity is on, on offense. Is it Allen Robinson? Are they, what are they going to figure, what are they going to do with their running game with David Montgomery out? So there's still some question marks there. Plus, well, there's no, there's, there's a question mark just on the quarterback situation with Trubisky and Foles and, you know, it, can Trubisky do well in week one He's going to have Foles looking over his shoulder. You know, I, I don't know. It, it's one of those situations where we just kind of have to wait and see what happens. But there's just too much uncertainty there with Chicago's offense, in my opinion. Now, their defense is a different story. They're kind of like the opposite of Carolina, right? <laughs> Strong defense, weak offense versus the, you know, the opposite with Carolina. So, um, I don't know. It should be a good divisional matchup and uh, not so much in terms of of uh, fantasy explosion, I don't think, in this game. But I am excited to see what Detroit can do. Yes, and I'm, I want to see how much uh, the rookie Swift, how many touches he gets. The other thing that's intriguing to me is I think there's a sliver, very small, sliver of a chance that Cordero Patterson is the running back for the Bears. The other thought I had is I think it's going to be a low-scoring game that's dictated by the Bears' defense. Because Detroit's not going to be able to score that many points on them. And lastly, I fully, fully expect before halftime that 
if there were, we'll see it on Twitter because there won't be fans in the stands, but the boo, board, boo birds will be out for Trubisky before halftime. <laughs> yeah. And that game is at 44 is the, is the total. I'm yes. thinking under on that as well. Um, 44 seems like an awful lot against the Bears defense uh, week one. Yes. Well, the, the thought I have on this game is A-Rob gets to go up against a rookie cornerback or someone who couldn't who wasn't good enough of a cornerback in Atlanta. So he, so I think A-Rob could explode out in this game, especially with Mitchell Trubisky at quarterback, just peppering him with targets. But even so, so it's great on the fancy. I don't know how many touchdowns Chicago's going to score or how they're going to score. You know, that's, that's, the, that's the thing I get is how's Chicago going to score touchdowns? Yeah, right. Defensively, Eddie Jackson. Exactly, or Khalil Mack. <laughs> Devin All Hester's right. not walking through that door. No, not unless, not unless he has a cane and a walker. Patterson, maybe. It's been some years. Yeah. Uh, so, so I laugh at this, Jeff, because only in the fantasy world can we who are older look at guys younger than us and call them too old to do their job. You know what I mean? Like, only in the fantasy world can we do that. All right, another divisional game. Indianapolis, big favorite at Jacksonville. We get to see Phillip Rivers. We see a Jacksonville team that's tanking for Trevor. Every, you know, there's a lot of people on Minshew thinking he and DJ Shark are going to light it up. D.D. Westbrook started on the third team on the depth chart, which I don't really take you know, any creed in. But I'm really interested to see if Indy with Jonathan Taylor, Rivers, how are they going to do? Jeff, do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I think, like you already mentioned, this, this – this game leans heavily towards Indianapolis. I, I am excited to see what Jacksonville is going to do at running back because you've got fantasy teams, especially with deeper leagues, who are looking to see, all right, who's going to emerge there? And is this someone I can even possibly grab on the waiver wire? So you've got uh, a Zigbo and you've got James Robinson as those who could potentially be that. Uh, but still, we're talking about a Jaguars running back. How much fantasy relevance and value are they going to have? But in the deeper leagues, people want to know. Uh, so that's an interesting um, storyline that I have. But as far as the Colts are concerned, I'm interested in seeing what Paris Campbell can do and how they uh, open him up in the offense. Phillip Rivers, uh, T.Y. Hilton, of course, seems like he's going to be his favorite target. But how much is Campbell going to see? How much is Michael Pittman going to see in terms of snaps? Um, and then, of course, you've got the Jonathan Taylor and Marlon Mack um, duel where – uh, Mac is the incumbent running back, and uh, he's the one who most likely will probably see uh, the majority of the carries here week one as, as Taylor kind of gets more uh, in tune with the NFL game, the whole process and everything. There's some concern about ball security, so they may not want to uh, unleash him. That is, of course, unless the, the game is just out of hand in the second half, they just see what he can do and he, and he goes off. So that's kind of how I see this game. I could see that too, but uh, the one guy I think in the Jacksonville backfield that could see is uh, Chris Thompson. They're mm-hmm. always going to be behind. He was with Gruden in Washington. I could see him getting more receptions than Josh Jacobs this year. <laughs> yeah. Just because they're playing awesome. from behind and, and that's where, I mean, look how many, how many receptions did Fournette have? 70 something last year? 70 yeah. And so, you know, could Thompson have more than that this year in the year, you know, as they're tanking? Sure. Reese, what are you thinking? Well, whatever running back starting against uh, for, for the Jaguars, what better way to start off your career than going up against a Forrest Buckner, right? Yes. And, but for Chark and Westbrook or whoever's the wide receiver too, they go up against a weaker cold secondary compared to the rest of their team. So you could see Chark and the rest of them explode off, especially in garbage time. And as far as the, as far as the Colts are concerned, the Jaguars gave up the second most PPR fantasy points to running backs last season. So both Taylor and Mack could possibly be fantasy viable this week in deeper leagues or have a lot of flex. I think Chenault's the wide receiver too in Jacksonville. But to your point, if you're, if you're losing and you're a team that's just getting drummed every week, you're going to give up a lot of points to fantasy running backs, right? I mean, not to not to be Captain Obvious, but 
Yeah, I bet they gave up a lot more than uh, Kansas City did playing with the lead or Baltimore, you know, because of the touchdowns. All right, Jeff, we're rocking and rolling through this. Another divisional game, one I really like. Green Bay at Minnesota. Minnesota's a couple, two, three-point favorite. Green Bay, was it a fluke? Their 13 wins last year. Uh, Aaron Jones, big touchdowns. Minnesota got rid of Diggs, but, you know, Dalvin Cook doesn't have a new deal. It's pretty, you know, it's pretty interesting to me. Uh, Ola B.C. Johnson's their receiver two. Justin Jefferson's three in Minnesota. Irv Smith, many are predicting a, a breakout. Uh, Green Bay did not fortify their receivers. Everybody's talking about which one will step up. Is it Lazard or whomever? Plus, the last guy I want to talk about for Green Bay, Tanyan. The tight end who is listed first on the depth chart. He's mm-hmm. free in fantasy leagues, even dynasty leagues. He's free because everybody's rostered Jay Sternberger. What are you thinking, Jeff? Yeah, I mean, Robert Tanyan's someone to, to look at as a very deep type of waiver wire possibility. But again, we're talking about Green Bay tight ends, and they just seem to be non-existent in Aaron Rodgers' world. Um, you know, the, the wide receivers being the uh, the ones who score. Um, I – I think this is this has uh, a, the potential for us to be a little bit um, surprised, maybe in a negative way, about Green Bay this year. I'm, I'm not I'm not sure about them, and this is a, a divisional game, so I think they're going to put up a fight against Minnesota. But uh, if if Green Bay comes out and they're not great, um, you know, you, you got Aaron Rodgers, who's another year older. Um, Vegas has them scheduled, or they have him, or they have the team. Excuse me projected for nine wins as far as the win-loss over-under uh, after winning 13 last year. So they'd see a decline. Um, but the winner of this game is going to have the, the, the hand up on, uh, on the other in terms of the division, which is going to be tight. It's going to be close. But I don't know. I'm kind of leaning Minnesota here. I, I'm really curious to see how they get uh, Herb Smith more involved because I'm, I'm hearing more and more about that. Of course, you got Adam Thielen coming back. There's no digs. What's Justin Jefferson going to do? How well is Delvin Cook going to be involved in the offense now that uh, Stefanski is gone? Um, lots of questions. Lots of questions there. But I'm leaning Minnesota here as the as the winner. Uh, Green Bay, I think, could be a little bit disappointing, uh, not just in this game, but also the, the entire season. Think about it this way. Now, I'll turn over to, to Reese. If – Detroit does beat Chicago, and Minnesota beats Green Bay. Now Green Bay is tied for last in the division, and uh, it's a hard fight upwards. Reese, what are you thinking? Well, the the one I'm surprised you didn't talk about, uh, Jeff, is uh, A.J. Dillon, their second-round pick, the one they skipped a wide receiver for, uh, is their uh, running back three on their depth chart, and news – came out today that Aaron Jones is saying he might get a new deal soon. So that's it. A big blow to Dylan supporters. And Thielen matches up against a exciting young corner by the name of Jair Alexander. And so Thielen could beat beat him up pretty bad or it could go the other way. As we as even in the playoffs last season, we saw Thielen torch the Saints and then pretty much be not a non-factor against the 49ers. People that, um, but I think Minnesota's offense, this is just me, they, there's, they show nothing new. It's, it's like they do the, it's the Kubiak Zimmer combination and it's, they're going to beat you with talent. They're not going to beat you with scheme. Dalvin cook, I think will be the deciding factor in this game. Um, so, Jeff, here's a game that I disagree with most people. I saw a uh, – I saw – and I sent this to Reese just because I thought it was so fraudulent. Peter King's Football Morning in America, or whatever it is, on Mondays. Yeah. Had Miami to win the division. And I was okay. thinking, how out of touch are we? And so we'll find out this week as – Miami is in New England. They're thankful to play in New England when the weather's warm and not cold. And they're seven-point dogs against Cam Newton. I mean, there's a lot of storylines. You have Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, You know, the one thing about Miami, so Parker's been nicked up. 
all that stuff. But I'm interested to see how they use the running games with Jordan Howard and Matt Breida, as well as on the New England side with Damian Harris on IR. And are we going to Sony Michelle slow to come back? Is it just going to be James White and Rex Burkhead? But anyway, it'll be interesting for me on that. Just on the fancy thought of do I want any guys in this in this uh, in this game? The one that I'd like the two quarterbacks. If I want any of them, I want the quarterbacks because I could see Fitzpatrick throwing for a lot of yards, maybe not a lot of touchdowns, but a lot of yards. Yeah, there's just a lot of uncertainty in this, and uh, that also it's you can say the same in terms of fantasy value too. You just don't know how each team is going to score. Are they going to be consistent? Are, are they? Is there going to be a lot of punts in this game? You know, we don't. We don't know. I mean, New England had an unstoppable defense last year, but then again, you've got players who have opted out. You've got players who changed teams. You've got, you know, just it's a it's a slightly different defense, right? But it's it's still, you know, the Patriots still had a strong defense last year. It's not like they're going to roll over. Um, and how how well is uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick going to come, you know, off the off the blocks here week one? Um, so yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of question marks here. Cam Newton, of course. What can he do? What is he going to do with Sony Michelle and James White at running back and, and Rex Burkhead? Um, I, you know, I I don't see a whole lot of, of fantasy value in this game. This is kind of one of these games where I don't really have a lot of, of um, uh, fantasy talent in this game. So I'm, I'm not really looking at it too much. And, and I don't really see it as um, a high scoring game, though. Do you? No, but it's a 43 total, which is kind of crazy to me. And yeah. uh, Cam Newton, I mean, it must – Vegas must think that Cam Newton is the Cam Newton of 2015, 2018, something like that, because the Cam Newton we saw last wouldn't be responsible for putting up 25, 28 points on that offense with those limited weapons. I mean, who do they have a receiver besides Edelman? They don't have a tight end. You know, right. they're running backs. I, I go down the line, but you bring up a great point that we do have faith in Belichick, Josh McDaniels, and the coaching staff. Reese, yeah, we, Reese, what do you got on this, Reese? You know, he's, he's got – he's studied. He's got the steam coming on us. So, <laughs> the matchup I'm most interested to see is Devontae Parker versus Stephon Gilmore. Last time they played, Parker nearly cost Gilmore his defense player of the year trophy when he put up a hundred – uh, put up like 100 yards on him but if I want to see if this is a fluke and if it's not a fluke then we have to ask the question is he Parker better than let's say AJ Brown or Mark Cooper who got completely shut down by Stephon Gilmore that is interesting especially because Miami isn't this juggernaut of offense <laughs> not to, like not to, like the Cowboys are or even right. the Titans right um, but the running backs, the new running backs for Miami will be interesting to me just because Jordan Howard's had moderate success. Breed has had moderate success. Uh, you know, it'd be interesting. So There's not enough clarity for me to really kind of make any kind of no. statement on what I think is going to happen in this game. And for the line to be six and a half, I would be um, all over Miami in this as, uh, um, you know, getting points. Yeah. I mean, uh, we'll down, down the stretch, Miami won a lot of games down the stretch last year. Yeah, right. This is a revenge game, Flores against his, his old master. And, you know, the master thought process in Belichick, you know, the because Belichick has had a spell on all of his former coaches. I mean, how many of them have been successful? Not very many. Not against him especially. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. so – all right, it's another divisional game. Philadelphia six-point favorite at Washington. We can't call them the Redskins. They're the Washington football team. And so, Miles, you know, if Philly's got a big lead, does Miles Sanders pound the rock? Or, you know, is, is he help? Why even pound him? You know, why even risk him? Is it Boston Scott? And then I saw Alshon Jeffries out for until like week seven. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Rieger, they said hopefully week two. I will say the one guy that I love in this game from a fancy point of view, just like week one last year is Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson killed it in week one last year. Reese is pointing to his 
his notes. Reese, what did Deshaun Jackson do? He and I hadn't talked about this. Eight, he caught eight passes for 154 yards and two touchdowns against his former team, the Redskins. Yeah. And so I think that this could be a game. Plus, it'll be interesting to see how Antonio Gibson does at running back and Peyton Barber. We know what Peyton Barber is. Mm-hmm. And uh, Haskins, Logan uh, Thomas at tight end. Can McLaurin, you know, rack it up and jump, you know, garbage time? What are you thinking on this, Jeff? So, yeah, I'm, I mean, everyone's talking about Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin and throw Steve Sims in there, right? Those are, those are good fantasy commodities, right? And yet we're thinking, oh, this Washington team is not going to be very good. They're going to be lucky to have win five games. Well, um, if their offensive players are so good, they're going to have to do somewhat well. Uh, so I'm excited to see what, what happens there. Uh, how much of, a, of an offense are we talking about here? What kind of uh, transition do we see Dwayne Haskins in the second year? Um, and then also looking at the, at the Philadelphia side, they're, um, uh, we're going to see a lot of Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. Uh, is Goddard okay with his finger? Yes. yes. He should be good, right? So, yeah, I mean, you've you know, a lot of 12 personnel there. We get to see what Miles Sanders can do um, with another year of experience. So it, it should be a good divisional matchup game, and I'm excited to, to see what the result is here of uh, those fantasy players that I already mentioned and seeing how well they do. And is, are, they, are they contenders or are they pretenders in terms of uh, setting them in, in your lineup? So, uh, and excellent call on Deshaun Jackson. Uh, I think he's someone who could be a really strong type of fantasy flex option at the, at the least uh, in the first half of the season especially. Oh, yeah. And I will say I'm anti-Washington, not because I care about Snyder or any of that. I just don't think they're very, very much talent. And I think Rivera's got his work cut out for him. What do you think, Reese? What else did I miss? For Mc, uh, You mentioned Scary Terry, but McLaurin plays Darius Slay, which is not a good matchup for him, especially against an Eagles team that knows Haskins isn't the best quarterback and Haskins isn't exactly the most accurate quarterback either. Yeah, it'll be interesting. They'll put a, they'll put the youngster under pressure. Uh, but I think Philly run rolls them. I just, yes. I can't see Washington unless Gibson's way better than I saw him in college. I just can't, I can't get there. Well, um, there's also, a reason he only got 33 carries, right? <laughs> yeah. But also I'm interested to see uh, how uh, Bryce Love looks thing about Gibson is he had Pollard uh, come out before him and he's got Gainwell another NFL prospect behind him it's kind of interesting Memphis is loading up on these uh these running backs after their last quarterback Paxton Lynch flopped right oh you're uh left out Darrell Henderson too yes you're right yep no yeah good call about the Memphis running backs and uh even going back to D'Angelo Williams too it seems like running back is the is their uh, strong suit. So let's move to another game I'm pretty interested in, and I'm I'm actually thinking there's an upset in this game. Chargers favored by three at Cincinnati. The Tyrod I saw in Buffalo, his last game in Buffalo, last season, I don't think he's that good. And uh, I'm not saying Burrow first start's going to be great. Home field, I really think that Cincinnati's going to come to play. Uh, Chargers, I just don't see them. Uh, also, I think that over-under of 43 seems a bit high. Uh, fantasy players, Mixon got a, good de- a new deal. A.J. Green is hoping to be healthy. He's not 100%. Tyler Boyd, Auden Tate on one side. Also, uh, the Chargers, who's going to be their receiver too? Is Hunter Henry healthy? And what's going to be their running back uh Splits. Yes, with Austin Eckler, Justin Jackson, Joshua Kelly, right? right. Jeff, what are you thinking? Well, you meant you mentioned a lot, especially in Sorry. terms of the fantasy player. No, that's okay. Um, I do think that Keenan Allen is is you mentioned we don't know who the wide receiver two will be on the Chargers. If that's the case, then that's that's a really good sign for Keenan Allen. I think he's someone who could get you know ten targets a game, um, just simply because there's not a lot of talent around him. Um, Eckler, of course, is going to get some targets as well. Curious to see what Josh Kelly does, how many touches he gets. Uh, Justin Jackson as well. Um, What's the the ratio between him and Kelly? Uh, 
yeah. Um, as far as um, Tyrod Taylor goes, I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do. I, I think we might be surprised. He's going to run a lot. And of course, we know that dual threat quarterbacks do well, fantasy speaking. So I think there's some fantasy value there for Tyrod Taylor that's kind of hidden a little bit. Um, uh, as far as Cincinnati, you, you mentioned the, you know, all the names, Mixon, Burrow, uh, A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd. Um, you know, those are, those are guys that are just going to get the ball, uh, you know, every week. And, you know, what's not to like about that? So, yeah, I, I, I like the fact that Cincinnati could come out strong, but they could also come out kind of weak. You know, not know, not knowing exactly what Joe Burrow is going to do. How well is he going to be in his first NFL game? Uh, you know, is he going to be, are we going to be talking about him as someone that we laud? Or is he going to be someone that, you know, we're kind of jeering a little bit. So I can see both sides of that. And, uh, but I, I, I think that if we had to make a, a decision, I'd say that he does pretty well in his debut. For me, he, uh, my dad mentioned both uh, Green and Boy. I don't see them or Allen Tate being fantasy viable this week as they as they go up against Desmond Keene, uh, Chris Harris Jr., Casey Hayward as a really good threesome of, of cornerbacks to try to throw up against in Joe Burrow's first game. And then Eckler, uh, my dad mentioned, not going to be able to uh, – he doesn't trust Tyrod. Well, if that's the case with Anthony Lynn, if you can't throw the ball, you'll have to run the ball, which then brings in Austin Eckler. And the Mingles averaged, uh, on average, gave up 26 points to running backs last season in fantasy. Which is a lot. And uh, I think Eckler will do okay. And you're right, Tyrod, um, he could have 50 rushing yards. You know, he could only throw for 150 passing, but he could have 50 rushing and be a middle quarterback too, right? Is that what you're thinking, Jeff? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think he averages 36 yards rushing per game in his career, yeah. um, which, you know, that's that's great for a dual-threat quarterback, and, and that's an extra three, four points a week that you're getting in terms of fantasy production. Oh, yes. All right, so now we're getting into the exciting games for fantasy owners, fantasy managers. Tampa Bay – Road dogs at New Orleans. Kamara and his team are finalizing a deal. Tom Brady's bringing everybody, including the kitchen sink, to with him. Gronk, Fournette. You know, Todd Bowles had the defense playing well down the stretch. And then New Orleans, I think we – this is just my view. I think we take Drew Brees and New Orleans for granted how long they've been good and how good they've been. I won't – I won't – uh I won't go too much. I'll, I'll let you uh, fill in the blanks there, Jeff, if you want. Well, this just seems like a fun, exciting game to watch, and there's fantasy implications everywhere. Um, the Saints, of course, they're returning everybody in terms of coaching and, and Drew Brees, and they're getting Emmanuel Sanders too, which is uh, you know, in addition to the offense that's going to be much better than what it was last year with Ted Ginn as their wide receiver <laughs> two over uh, Michael Thomas. Uh, so I'm excited to see what those, what everybody does with the saints and with the bucks, what Tom Brady can do, how well can he, uh, be in terms of what he was last year? Remember he finished what quarterback 13 last year, I believe that was his final rank, depending on scoring, of course, but that's outside of the top 10. And, uh, this is the second year in a row. He was outside of the top 10. So is it possible that Brady has, uh, you know, turned a corner and, and, you know, this is the sunset of his career. We know that, but from a decline standpoint, or was it just the fact that New England didn't have the weapons that of course he's going to have this year. So there's some uncertainty there, but I think a lot of people are leaning Brady and being able to pull it out. Uh, he seems like he's healthy. He seems like he's ready to go. He knows the offense, of course. Um, I'm, I'm really curious to see how well this Tampa offense meshes with Brady week one and how they kind of can build on that throughout the year. So, yeah, like I said, there's a lot of uh, fun, exciting fantasy players to watch in this game. And this is just one of these games that you just are going to enjoy watching on. Was it Monday night or is it? No, it's Monday night? afternoon. I wish oh, it was, uh, I wish it was prime time. I think this is, this game should be prime time. Definitely. Should. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
so yeah, if we can watch it, then uh, that would, this would be a, a very good game to watch. I'm sorry, I thought it was a national televised game. It might be, but it might, it's the it's the Fox afternoon game. Since Dallas is playing that night, it'll be the major uh, afternoon game. My thoughts are the Bucks gave away. Uh, allowed the most PPR fantasy points to wide receivers last year. So that means Michael Thomas should have a big game. Manuel Sanders could even have a legitimate flex play this uh, this week. But the one that was kind of surprising is um, the Bucks allowed the second fewest PPR points to running backs. Make, and I'm not saying don't start Alvin Kamara, but don't expect too high, too much from him. Yeah, the other part to that, I think New Orleans plays much better at home in the Dome. But that may have been with their crowd noise, not this fake stuff. We're going but, to find that out, I think, Jeff. Yeah, but I'm looking forward to that game. And, mm-hmm. you know, New Orleans, we always expect shootouts because it's Drew Brees. And they're, they're usually lower-scoring games. Except for 49ers. That was a good game to watch, too, though. Yeah. Except for Cook and Angie. All right, moving on. We have four more. Arizona at San Fran. San Fran's touchdown favorite. So you have the highfalutin Arizona offense against solid defense in San Francisco and a good running game. Their Debo is 50-50. Iuk's hurt. Sanders is gone off of that offense. It's going to be interesting, Jeff. What yeah, and Arizona had their number uh, twice last year, didn't they? If I'm they not mistaken, well. did they win one and lose the other, but it was really close in the second game? I think so. I think they I think, split. I think if I'm if I'm looking at game logs, which I'm not, I think that's the case. But um, yeah, San Francisco, you know, of course, they have some questions at re- receiver right now with uh, with Debo Samuel hurt. We're not sure if he's going to play. Um, you know, you've got, uh, you know, questions on, on how well and, and how much involvement uh, Brandon Ayuk's going to have. Uh, this seems to me like a, a George Kittle game and the running game and, of course, defense. Uh, they're going to have to do a lot against Arizona because we know that, uh, you know, they're more of a, a high-tempo type of offense. Uh, lots of weapons, especially adding DeAndre Hopkins to the mix. Um, curious to see what uh, Kenyon Drake is going to do uh, now that he's the the main guy and now we're looking at him for the, the uh, main load we're looking at probably 17 20 touches a game for him so will he be able to handle that in um, a division rival like this I like Arizona to to be like an eight and eight or nine and seven team this year but San Francisco most likely is going to win 11 or 12 games I'm kind of leaning more towards 11. So I think San Francisco wins this game, but it's going to be closer than you think. And, and I don't really like the high total of 47 points. I think that I think it's going to be lower than that. Right. I think most people, that's because of Arizona's defense and most are running well down the stretch. The other piece to that is Jordan Reed could sneak in and because, you know, he signed with San Francisco and be that missing piece at receiver. And last thing on Drake is – before last year coming to Arizona, he'd never had more than 133 carries in a season in Miami. You can blame it on Gase. You can blame it on a lot of things. But I have doubts that he's going to yeah. have 20 touches a game and, and be able to hit a wall. Up. Yep. Reece he can hit a wall come week 12, 13, something like that. Or the wall could hit him. <laughs> yes. Jimmy Garoppolo last year averaged 29 and a half points per game against the Cardinals and only 13 and a half against everyone else. So <laughs> this is one of the two weeks you definitely want to start him. So you're saying Garoppolo averages 29 points per game fantasy against the Cardinals and 13 against everyone else? Yes. One of the weirder splits in the uh, Wow, that's NFL. interesting. But the matchup, I'm one of the most one-on-one matchups I'm most interested to see is rookie Isaiah Simmons matched up against George Kittle. See how well he's adapted to the NFL game. Against a one against the premier tight end, all around tight end in terms of blocking and receiving. But also, Hopkins starts off his Cardinals career. Either he's going to go up against Sherman or lining up on the right side of the field. So it's not exactly a most favorable first welcome back, 
welcome to the desert matchup for him. But he did get a two-year extension this week. All right, moving on. So I think we all kind of like this game more from a watching football standpoint than fantasy, but it should be interesting to see play out. So the Sunday night game is Dallas at the Rams. Dallas is a favored by three points. High total over 50. I think it, this is this point spread is because everybody has Dallas as the darling. And I'm unsure about that. And uh, new coach. Yes. And you know, there, there's, uh, there's still, you know, concern there. I mean, you, you have to, I mean, Dallas is a juggernaut, right? We get it. They've got a lot of talent, but new coach. That means you got to learn new, uh, you know, of course, um, Kellen Moore is still there. So the offense is somewhat intact, right? Uh, if they're indeed going with the same type of offense that they had in 2019, does McCarthy have any uh, say in that? Uh, you know, we, I don't think so in terms of the, I mean, why would he change the offense that worked well? But it's possible that there could be, you know, some growing pains with Dallas. And I, you know, I said there might be growing pains with Green Bay. I think there might be some growing pains with Dallas too. Um, and then we all know in the NFL, we talked about this at the beginning of the show, that in week one, we tend to see teams um, kind of not perform the way that we expect, especially teams that we think are going to win. I, I would not be surprised. And I mean, what did Dallas finish? Eight and eight last year, right? I think so. I think that that's right? like the Jason Garrett uh, motto, you know, <laughs> always even, never odd. Yeah, right. So, I mean, Yes, they have a lot of talent, but they also, you know, they know how to win and they also know how to lose. Uh, and we could say the same here with, with the Rams, too. I mean, I, I kind of see the Rams as the last place team and the NFC West, as strong as that is. But someone's got to be last. Um, this is going to be a, a big test for them against Dallas and literally both teams. But um, – yeah, I, I'm excited to see what uh, what the Rams do on offense in terms of the running game. Cam Akers, how involved is he going to be? Um, Malcolm Brown, what are we going to see from him? Um, I'm excited to see what Van Jefferson does. He's a player that I'm really excited about as a guy who, uh, you know, most people got him in near the end of the draft, if drafted at all. So he could be someone you could target as a waiver pick, especially if you drafted earlier uh, in the fantasy season. Um, I'm excited to see what he can do. I think we're going to see a lot of uh, three wide receiver sets, which means he'll be on the field. Um, and the same thing for Dallas, too, their trio of receivers. How much are we going to be in love with C.D. Lamb? Um, there's a lot of speculation that he's the best receiver on the team, which, in my opinion, that seems a little bit strong, but, you know, we've seen it before. We'll, we'll see what happens there. There's a lot to watch in this game. So let me let me take two two points there. First of all, it will be interesting to see how much the Rams play twelve personnel versus right. the third wide receiver, right? Because Higby's healthy, Everett's healthy. Second of all, rookie receiver Jefferson or C.D. Lamb, whoever we think of. If we think back to how they perform slow out of the gate normally. We have to assume that they're each going to be slow out of the gate this time, right? Yeah. Um, usually rookie receivers are. It takes a couple of weeks for them to really kind of get in the flow of things. Yeah. And uh, we kind of saw that with um, – well, actually, no, McLaurin started off pretty strong right out of the gate last year. But for the most part, rookies like A.J. Brown, right, he didn't really have a strong uh, showing until like week nine, week ten when – um, Brian Tannehill became quarterback. And I'm not sure if it was completely all Tannehill, but just the fact that, you know, he's becoming more and more in tune with the offense and such. So, yeah, I think we will see a little bit of a learning curve with the rookie receivers, but I'm just still excited to see what Lamb can do with even minimal touches. I, I think Gallup could lead that team in receiving yards. Yes. But one of the quickest phases when I think of the matchups, Cooper versus Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey's probably a top three cornerback, pretty much no matter who you ask, besides if you're asking the number four corner. If you ask and, him, I'm sure he'll tell you. Yeah, he'll be number one. He is. But Mari Cooper struggles against better competition, as, as do the Cowboys in general, but especially Cooper. And Gallup gets Troy Hill 
and that's the worst case scenario for him. He could end up with guys you've barely even heard of uh, lining up against him. So that's definitely a plus on the Gallup side. And the Cowboys allowed the third most tight end points per game and PPR. And Rams have two good ones in Everett and Higby, but there's a huge gap in ADP. So Everett is probably unrostered on, in most leagues. So if you're streaming tight ends, he's a pretty good one this week to stream, especially with him outperforming Higby when both tight ends were healthy. Last year. Yes. So now we're left to the two Monday night games. Finishing strong here, Jeff. Pittsburgh at the Giants. Pittsburgh six-point favorite, 47 total. Roethlisberger, is he healthy? James Conner, who's going to be the – is it Deontay Johnson really going to show out? Ebron, and then on the Giants side, is their defense as bad as we think they are? You know, I mean, because Pittsburgh could light them up. Oh, easily. What are you thinking, Jeff? Yeah, Pittsburgh definitely could light them up. I mean, if they are an almost playoff team with Duck Hodges at quarterback, what can they do with – I'm sorry, I have to laugh whenever I hear that name. Um, what can they do with Roethlisberger, you know, coming back? And he looks strong, and, and uh, uh, he's kind of thinned down a little bit, but we've seen him in the past. Um, uh, you've got Juju Smith-Schuster. You mentioned Deontay Johnson, Eric Ebron, uh, James Conner. There's a lot of fantasy – players in this game that I'm excited to see what they're going to be able to uh, produce, uh, Roethlisberger included. And, of course, we know that Pittsburgh defense is pretty strong. Um, what kind of uh, impact will that have on Barkley, on Saquon Barkley and the, the Giants? Like you said, this could be a, a, a game where Pittsburgh just blows them out. Um, and I'm kind of leaning that way, especially if they can stop Barkley. I think you stop Barkley, you can stop the Giants. Uh, it's that simple. Well, my point, my thought is, I don't think the Giants are. If you shut down Barkley, the Giants become one-dimensional, making them easier to shut down. But also, Dan, uh, Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones, was a very good corner quarterback down the stretch. For the final eight games, he had 18 touchdowns and only five interceptions. So if he can knock down his turnover problem, his little one, I say little sarcastically, but. If he can knock that that down, he, I'm still ex- expecting the Steelers to blow him out, but the Giants may have a little bit of garbage time fantasy appeal. May put a fight up. All right, closing strong. Tennessee at Reese's beloved Broncos. Especially with the Miller news breaking. Yeah. Don't know if you saw this, Jeff, but Von Miller is out for the year. He got an ankle injury, injury today, Tuesday. Shoot, so, I did not hear that. And wow, so, that's- Without Von Miller, Broncos are a little little strung tight on defense. Uh, improved on offense, you know, Drew Locke year two, Fant, bringing Melvin Gordon. The the rumors are that Lindsey and Gordon are going to split 50-50 the time, which makes Gordon way overpriced and Lindsey way under. Right. But also, you know, what's, what's Jerry Judy going to look like? What's, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting for me. And on Tennessee, is Tannehill going to really be awesome like he was last year down the stretch? And A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry? What are you thinking there, Jeff? Well, I mean, Tennessee went deep into the playoffs. And they have their chance to, to um, continue. Uh, I think they've got something down well with uh, Derrick Henry, of course, and, and the Kari Blossom game. Uh, blocking their fullback. Uh, once they introduced him into the offense, things just really kind of took over. And teams knew that Henry was going to get the ball and they couldn't stop him. Um, and uh, when they did try to stop him, guess what? A.J. Brown was available and open. Um, Johnny Smith is someone who's also kind of coming into his own. I think we'll see him more as a, uh, a threat, especially after the catch, which is rare to see with tight ends. Um, I kind of like Tennessee in this game. I'm, I'm excited to see what Jerry Judy does because he's a guy that I've planted my flag on. I really like what he brings to the table. I love the fact that he's a five-tool type of player. Uh, I think he's going to be involved in the offense from week one. Um, and uh, ultimately, I think that he could lead the team in receptions, even over Cortland Sutton. Uh, he's just that type of a player. So he's more of a possession type of player, and those, those are the guys who get the catches. Um, and he's definitely capable. 
So you mentioned the Lindsay and Gordon split. Uh, I think we could definitely see that. But I do think, though, that Gordon is a, is a back who excels when he can get into a rhythm. And if he can't get into that rhythm because of Lindsay getting carries, we could see you know Gordon kind of being a little bit disappointing in terms of uh, fantasy production. So there's that to look out for. Um, this is just, uh, I think Tennessee is going to win this game. I think Derrick Henry is the driving force behind that. And Tannehill will do enough and, and make timely throws. I think A.J. Brown will be involved. This is not a game that Tannehill needs to win with his arm. Um, but we could see a big game from Brown as a result, maybe like, you know, 60 yards, 70 yards and a touchdown. It's possible. I don't see him having a 100-yard game. This is a, a Derrick Henry type of game. And uh, I, I think Tennessee wins. The two pieces I want to add is I think if Denver's behind, Gordon's going to be the one getting the receptions, not Lindsey. And second of all, I'm super excited to see Darrington Evans and how much work, how he's used, because I'm, I'm very high on him. Recently. Yeah, there's, there's been – you could talk a little bit more about Darrington Evans if you want to. I, I've heard um, comparisons to uh, an Alvin Kamara type of yes. skill set. I chose him over Gibson in many dynasties. Dynasty leagues and many people are like, ooh, you made a bad choice. And I probably did in the short term. Mm -hmm. But I really like Evans, how he's looked. He's from App State. But, Reese, what are you thinking? This is your beloved. You've been dealt a, a shock with Von Miller going down. We still have Chung. And this is a Jarrell Casey revenge game with him being traded and talking about how he was treated like trash, being thrown out. <laughs> I think it was more of a salary that they threw yes. out on purpose. Yes. But I am excited to see Judy and Sutton go bonkers against a depleted secondary. And also, you mentioned this was a Derrick Henry game. Last time these two teams played, Henry only scored 3.2 fantasy points, and times were shut out 16-0. Fangio. When was that? What year was that? Was that in the Fangio oh, last era? year. That was last year, 16-0. I was waiting for that. That was 1953. Never mind. No, it's just joking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, Banjo is a good defensive coordinator, and he's a good coach, and so you got to give him credit there. Yes. Jeff, this time has rocked through. I can't believe it's been well over an hour. We thank you for your expertise and your time. Join in uh, Reese and I, and uh, thank you. Yeah, no, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. It was uh, uh, a fun, enjoyable experience. I definitely appreciate each one of your takes. And uh, Reese, keep on bringing those stats and that information. That's that's strong stuff, man. Um, thanks for doing the legwork there. Yeah, much more than his old man. But we'll have you on again uh, this season, Jeff. All right, good. Sounds good. Thanks. Have a Enjoy great one. one. Have a great one. Bye.